Welcome to Poplar Cove, population 10,002. If you remember from last time, the community welcomed a new stranger into the fold, the ruggedly handsome Mac Tillinghast, otherwise known as my soon-to-be fourth ex-husband, Mac Tillinghast. In addition to Mac, it appears that the coma-ridden Hobart is rid of his coma. That means there are two new, chewy, warm souls in Poplar Cove. What is the mayor to do? If there are any more than 10,000 people, something, something bad happens. The great old ones were very specific about that in their contract with the town founder, Jebediah Lyman Burroughs IV. It was an unusually sunny day, normally a foreboding sign in this backwards town. Not knowing what to do in the heat of the cloudless sky, most of the townies called in sick from work so that they could stay inside and hide from the beautiful weather. Well, there were a handful of people that were milling about, one of which was Roger Trescott Owensby. He worked in the local census bureau, taking in numbers and making sure that everything works out well in the end. Normally, he didn't have to worry about much. After all, it's not like the population changes very often. But when the numbers do change, tiny beads of sweat appear on his forehead and his palms get all clammy. It's not very pleasant at all. In this unbearably pleasant weather and, well, he was a hot mess. Mayor Prentice, Mr. Roger Owensby is here to see you. Oh, good gods, what now? Yes, let him in. Mayor, do you have a moment? Oh, it's you, Roger. Yes, I suppose I have a moment. What is it? No, no, don't sit down. I only have a second. I have a ribbon-cutting ceremony to go to. Not that anyone will be there because of this blasted weather. Ah. <sighs> Then I've got to figure out how to handle this Mac situation. What a bother that is. Well, actually, sir, that's what I want to talk to you about. Did he die? Because that would be incredibly convenient right about now. Maybe a freak piano disaster, or perhaps he was swallowed by a black hole. Yeah, why is he even here? Roger wiped his hands on his slacks as he listened to the mayor talk about his hatred for the new town hottie. Well, I think he's a hottie. Roger, however, was anything but. He was a small, mousy fellow with black Coke bottle glasses and a face that only his mother could love, probably because she was blind in one eye and colorblind in the other. His black hair was slicked back with sweat. I told you he was a hot mess. He looked as if he wanted to say something, but was too anxious to speak. Um, have you heard about Hobart? Oh, the billionaire coma patient? Yes, yes. What about him? That, um, he's, um, awake, sir? What? But, but he was brain dead. He was technically dead. The balance in the town was, was restored already, remember? We had a birth. You know, that used car salesman's baby? The pudgy one? Ugh, I hate babies. Do you mean to tell me that the population is at 10,002 now? 
Well, hmm, yes. I pay you money so that this type of thing doesn't happen, Mr. Owensby. Do you know what happens when the balance is disrupted? The full moon is in eight days. If we don't get the population in order before then... Oh, dear. Mr. Mayor looks a bit anguished, doesn't he? Mr. Owensby... And it makes me uncomfortable to hear him say Roger's name so much. I'm glad that I'm not in his shoes right now. Take care of this, or I will be forced to sacrifice you next. I've already thought of a plan, actually. Um, I want to hold a census lottery. What did you say? A senseless slaughtering? Well, no one is going to volunteer for that, are they, Mr. Owensby? Tell me how you plan to gather 10,002 people together and choose two of them at random for slaughter. Seriously, you've got to come up with good ideas. I could have my 10-year-old niece come up with better ideas than that. She was a baby once, too. Nasty little thing with pigtails and... Ugh. <clears throat> no, sir. A census lottery. We just sell them lottery tickets and then choose two numbers at random and sacrifice those two. Well, by we, I don't actually mean we. I mean you. I don't want that type of thing on my conscience. I mean... No one's going to want to participate in that either. Ever since the first census lottery a few years ago, whenever the townies hear the word census, they start to form angry mobs. I just got the pitchfork holes out of my front door. But all uh, you had to do was get a new door, right? Don't tell me what to do, Mr. Owensby. I am perfectly aware of what I need to do and what is going on in this town. Yeah, right. Well, we don't have to tell them that it's a census lottery. We can pitch it as something a little more mm, appealing. Uh, perhaps two free root canals? A couple of day passes to the DMV? That's ridiculous. No one is going to want either of those. Ah, I suppose I have to come up with a theme then. A mayor's work is never done. Now, what sort of thing would be able to mask a census lottery? Something that everyone will love. It will have to be a raffle of some kind, yes? Maybe we can raffle off an Alaskan cruise or a trip to the local water park. But uh, we don't have a water park. Roger, if you're not going to be helpful... Um, what about a pizza party? Everyone loves a pizza party. Why, I... Never mind. Stop talking. I'm trying to think here. Sorry, sir. Roger is sweating quite profusely, isn't he? Someone go get that man a towel. Maybe a couple of free passes for their taxes. Or a couple of puppies from the Fish and Wildlife Office. They have puppies there? Kind of. I don't know if you can really call them puppies. They captured something out in the woods, and apparently those things can procreate in captivity. They're actually kind of cute until their fangs grow in and their scent glands develop. <laughs> then it's mark this and mark that awfully territorial they are. Then they bury themselves in the sand and burst out to eat their prey like, Oh, I know what everyone wants. Yes. This will be the perfect thing to raffle off. What's that, sir? A night with Kevin Bacon. No, not just a meet and greet, but an intimate dinner. 
You know Kevin Bacon? Well, no. But they don't have to know that. Who would pass up the opportunity for a night with Mr. Bacon? We could make it absolutely amazing and spectacular. Wait, not just dinner with him, but an elephant ride. How are you going to get an elephant? There is no elephant. What? Then why? It's a ruse, you buffoon. Well, can't it be more believable ruse? Like a pizza party or something. Could you imagine a pizza party with Kevin Bacon? Now that would be... You and your pizza party, seriously. Let it go. Oh, these poor townsfolk. I do hope that they can see through. Oh, who am I kidding? This place is full of idiots. Let's just hope that if they do end up with a pizza party, they go to Pride and Pizzeria. It's a new restaurant, which is run by this British woman named Jane something. She seems nice enough, I suppose. She has a wonderful anchovy pizza, which is heavenly, but can leave quite the fishy aftertaste in your mouth. So when eating at Pride and Pizzeria, I suggest bringing a small bottle of Cthulhu mouthwash, guaranteed to get that funny taste out of your mouth. Well, why don't we just leave those two to their pizza party planning, shall we? Instead, let's swing by Pickering's office, where Mac and our favorite archaeologist slash sleuth slash amateur typewriter mechanic are returning from a morning filled with some Pickering-style hijinks. Well, to tell you the truth, I'm actually surprised that they're here and not stuck in prison or stuffed in the trunk of someone's car. Whew, I'm glad we made bail. Oh, never mind. You look like you could have used some excitement, son. Please, don't call me son. Why? Oh, I'm sorry. Do you have daddy issues? That is rather unfortunate. <laughs> no, I'm not a stripper, and you're not a psychiatrist. Well, I could be. <clears throat> Make us a pot of coffee, would you? But you had a whole pot of coffee to yourself before we left the llama farm. Here are some words of advice, son. I said... One can never have too much coffee. It's one of the major food groups you know. Uh, no, I don't think that's right. Vitamin C! It will prevent diseases and cure Ebola. Nope, that's not right either. And there's no vitamin C in coffee. Caffeine! Caffeine, dear boy! It is the foundation of modern civilization. Did you know that ancient societies used to worship the coffee bean? They would pray to it like it was a gift from the heavens. Of course, these days the great old ones don't give us presents like that. Well, unless you consider pestilence a gift. Of course, to some people... Who are the great old ones? Is that a rock band or something? Like Metallica or Bon Jovi? They're kind of old. <gasps> you don't know of the Great Old Ones? The cosmic horrors? Powerful deities from space? With physical appearances that no human being could comprehend? Unless, of course, you drink enough coffee. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, is that pot done brewing yet? Are you sure you need the coffee? No, the pot is not done yet. Is there something we should be doing instead? No, just enjoy this downtime. Everyone is always moving around and rushing about. Let's let our minds percolate as well. What does that even mean? It means that we should use this time for reflection. For example, here, tell me your story, son. Tell me about your childhood. Yes, this will allow me to practice a bit of psychiatry. Hmm. Let's see. 
Where, where did I put that leather couch? Me? Oh, I don't have much of a story. I just... Go where the wind takes me. For years I've felt haunted, like something was following me around. You see, I've been trying to escape the crimes of my ancestors. While I didn't really know my parents, the aunt that raised me talked about the bloodstains in my family line. I believe that I am cursed. Sometimes I wish that fate would guide me toward a path that would pull me away from this guilt that I feel deep inside. What did your family do? Did they own slaves? Or was there a serial killer in your family? Mom was a dry cleaner. Oh, those type of bloodstains. Well, what about you, Mr. Pickering? What kind of childhood did you have? Me? Oh, you know, a normal childhood. When I was little, my parents told me that I could be anyone that I wanted to be. Of course, they must have been a little delusional, because the authorities call that identity theft. Anyway, I was a precocious student who dreamed of one day becoming a rodeo clown. As a child, my teachers discovered that I was psychically hypersensitive. Of course, I don't know anything about that. Oh, but I can tell the future. I get these odd sensations. Like I have to go to the bathroom, except in my brain. <laughs> and what does the future hold for us? Hopefully, coffee. But also some death, bacon, and elephants. Elephants? But the mayor was just talking about elephants and Kevin Bacon. How did he know? Oh dear, maybe he is psychic after all. Elephants? That seems a bit random. <laughs> Elephants aren't random. They actually spend their lives in a matrilineal group. They're very socially organized, you see. Organized is the very opposite of random. Gee, thanks for that little tidbit of information. I'll put it in my hip pocket next to every other useless thing I learned in school, like trigonometry and anything written by James Joyce. Uh, so what's on the docket today? You mentioned something about target practice? Oh! That's right, I did, didn't I? <laughs> oh, that's good. Target practice, yes. Have you ever used a longbow before? Because you're going to need to be proficient at it by the end of the week. What? What I want you to do is to take that longbow over there. Okay. Now stay right there. I'm going to run over to that closet. Can you see me? Um... No, and you don't have to yell. I hear you just fine. Oh, well, good. Now I want you to shoot that arrow in my direction. Try to aim for the middle of the closet door, about five feet up from the ground. Put your back into it now. Well, actually, don't. What you're supposed to do is keep that left arm straight and draw the string back with your right arm. I can't shoot this. Well, what I mean to say is I can't see you. What if I hit you square in the chest? Oh, no worries, son. Stop calling me that. Good Gods, what did your father do to you that caused you to have such an adverse reaction to the word son? It's just a word, you know. Are any other forms okay? What if I talk about other people's sons, or the weather? What do I call a sunny day, an adverse cloud day? As much as I'd love to puncture your throat with this arrow, I don't want to go back to jail. You're not going to shoot at me. You're shooting at a target taped to the back of this closet. Well, I can't see the target. You're not supposed to. Then what is the point of a target? Just shoot the damn arrow, Mac, or I'll call you son again. Well, don't blame me if I pierce through that tiny heart of yours. Oh, stop being such a baby. Not even close. Do it again. Ah. Yay! What do you mean, yay? You didn't hit me then either, but you're getting close. Getting close to hitting you? Why would you yay at that? No, getting close to your target. 
I can't even see the target. This is officially the most ridiculous exercise yet. Oh, wine, wine, wine. It's not like you hit anything of value. You just hit the wall. But I hit the target, right? You got closer. Really? No, I was just trying to make you feel better. You weren't close at all. Well, let me try it again, then. Even if this exercise is ridiculous, I want to master it. That's the spirit, son. Oh, for... But we'll practice more in a bit. I need you to do something else for me right now. We're going to be having some guests over soon. Sure. What guests? I don't know. I just know that people will stop by. Oh, I get it. Did your brain have to pee again? So just dust off the woolly mammoth over there. And those African statues over there. Oh, and the paintings hanging on those walls. What paintings? Those paintings. What paintings? You're just pointing, but there's nothing there. Those paintings. Oh, good gods, they're gone! No, I'm a private investigator. I'll just go find it myself. Quick, Watson! My name's not Watson. Grab that magnifying glass and my duster, and that hourglass and that globe, and make another pot of coffee. We're going to need it. While Mac and Pickering are busy trying to find the painting, let's check in with our resident coma patient. I can't wait until he's out of his funk already. I hate hospitals. They're so sterile and they smell funny. Oh, wait, that's right. He's not in a coma anymore, is he? Oh, look at that poor man. I'm sure that he just feels so hungover, like he has been drowning in whiskey for the past 30 years of his life. I'm sure he's just swimming in a sea of confusion. I mean, just look at his hands. They're so thin and emaciated. Of course, now that he's sitting up and he's turning his head from one side to the other and arching his back and cracking his neck, he looks a bit different, doesn't he? I wonder if that wacky doctor really did do something to our poor, poor Hobart. I'm sure that he knows that he's in the hospital by now, but does he know for how long? What put him there? Does he even know that he was in a coma? Or what the day was? Or even who he was? Oh no! Hobart, don't do that! That tube is supposed to be in your throat. Don't try to take it out. Nurse! Nurse! Oh, blast it all. I always forget. They can't hear me. Calm down, calm. Good. Good. Are you okay? Oh, what a pretty nurse. No, 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 not yet. I'm sorry. Just nod or shake to answer questions. You shouldn't try to talk yet. My, she looks delicious. Wait, what? 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 Sorry, I didn't mean for you to actually say anything. Please don't try to talk. You've had to tube down your throat for a while, so it's going to hurt to speak. What did I just think? She looks delicious? That can't be right. She is attractive. Maybe that's what I meant. Yeah, I'm just gonna stick with that. Just a look in her eye and smile sweetly. Yeah, that's the ticket. Just nod if the answer is yes, and shake your head if it's no, okay? Good. Are you feeling alright? Good. I would like to smother her in barbecue sauce and- Nope, 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 nope. That's not right. That's not right at all. What's going on in my head? Oh, Dr. Spaulding, hello. Hello, nurse. I I heard that... Oh. Oh, it's true. Hobart is awake. Five years in a coma, and... D did you say five years? The other doctor said that we should ease him into... I mean... I mean, 
I don't know what we should tell him. Maybe we should ease him into the reality of everything. Just go finish your rounds. I'll take care of Mr. Birch. Excuse me, who are you again? Why, Master, it's me. It's Henry Spaulding, your humble servant. Don't you remember me? Did he just call Hobart Master? What did you call me? Master, I was just assuming that's what you like to be called. Is there something else that you prefer? Oh, great one. Perhaps Lord or Fearless Leader. Do you prefer something longer, a longer title? The ancient texts say I must not call you by name, lest the darkness befall. What are you talking about? Oh my, the doctor does look bewildered, doesn't he? Maybe that's why he's taking that funny doctor's tool and using it to look into Hobart's ears and eyes. Oh dear, he doesn't look pleased at what he's seen. Oh, hello, Hobart. I see you're feeling better. Why, he almost looks disappointed. Oh, my name is Dr. Spalding. I have been your physician for the past five years, the entire time that you've been in this coma. I'm sorry, what? What did you say my name was again? I said that my name is... wait, did you just say what is your name? Well, shit. Amnesia? Oh boy. Elizabeth finally made it back to the hospital. She was surprised to find Hobart awake. I mean, wouldn't you be startled after finding your comatose husband alert after five long years? I'm so glad that you're awake. You have no idea what it's like just sitting here next to your bed for five years. Wait, who did you say you were again? Ugh, as if matters in this town couldn't get any more complicated. Elizabeth, darling. Elizabeth Cushing Birch. I'm your wife. Oh, why can't you remember me? Apparently it's because I've been in a coma for five years. <laughs> What year is it now? Who's the president? Where am I? All these questions! Haven't you been listening to me when I read you the paper every day? Ugh, you always used to ignore me. Even with amnesia, it looks like you're still the same. You're mad at me because I didn't listen to you read the newspaper to me when I was in a coma. Yes! It's rude, and if I knew you weren't listening, I wouldn't even have bothered to come. What was the point? Are you sure that we're married? I mean, what kind of person am I if I married someone like you? A rich and handsome person, that's what kind. Wow, you are so... Wait, I'm rich? Oh yes, love, you're quite the billionaire. And you said I'm handsome too? Do you have a mirror? Here's my compact. Oh wow, I am quite the looker, aren't I? Hello, Mr. Ver... Oh, hello, Elizabeth. You're here too. You're always here. I just came in to check Hobart's vitals. We're still waiting for his blood work to come in, so you can't go home quite yet. Soon, though. Oh, good. I'm sick of the sight of this place. Do they know why I fell into a coma? Not that I can tell. They may find something in the blood tests. Will they be able to tell if it was deliberate? Like, if someone drugged me or maybe tried to murder me? Murder? Well, that's a little drastic, isn't it? Especially here. I mean, we haven't had a murder here since... Oh, I don't think I've ever heard of a murder in this town before. <laughs> <laughs> they probably shouldn't look too closely at the mayor and Roger, then. What do you mean? Really? No murder? What kind of town is this? 
I'm sure that there's no foul play afoot. Just let that go. It might have been some bad clams or something. But I'm allergic to clams. I think. See? There you go. Anyway, you should be out of here in no time. We just need to give Elizabeth here some instructions on how to take care of you when you do leave. I'm sorry, what? Yes, well, we don't have the staff to send a nurse with you, and he's not quite 100% yet. He'll just need you to watch him and make sure that he doesn't overexert himself. I'm sorry, I, I don't understand. You'll need to take care of your husband. Your lips keep moving, but it's as if you're speaking a different language. Oh, for goodness sakes. I'm sure I'll be able to take care of myself. No, you need someone with you. It's for your own good. I highly recommend that it be your wife. After all, you'll need someone to bathe you and- <gasps> You're all stressing me out. I'm going to go shopping. <sighs> Maybe I'll just swing by every now and then to make sure that you're not lying at the bottom of your staircase or stuck in the basement or something. That might be best. Thank you. Flower delivery from Algernon's Floral. Oh, that's lovely. Wait, what kinds of flowers are those? Is that Belladonna? And Hemlock? You don't know what your name is, but you know what flowers those are. The card says that it's from Roger. 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 Who's Roger? The mayor's lackey. Well, that's nice of the mayor to send these incredibly poisonous flowers. Um, why don't you just set them over there, or maybe just take them away? Far away. I wouldn't want Elizabeth to have to bother herself with them. Hmm. I wonder where Elizabeth went. Morning, Mac. Ah, ah, how did you know my name? Morning, Mac. Who are you? Morning there, Mac. Seriously, who are you people? Look at Mac, just walking down the road like he belongs here. Isn't that great? I wonder what he's up to. I can't believe we ran out of coffee already. I just bought grounds yesterday. Mr. Tillingast. Please, call me Mac. Mr. Tillingask is my neglectful, drug-addicted father. I'm sorry, your father was a drug addict? I'm not sure. I never knew him. Oh, um... It's Joanna, right? Yes. Um, I was just on my way to the corner market for some flour. I accidentally dropped our bag on the floor. Oh, I'm headed there as well. We need coffee. I'll walk you. That'd be nice. So how are you liking the work and Mr. Pickering? He's a nut job, but you were right. It's pretty fun. Oh, good. I'm glad that you like the job. Does that mean that you're going to stay in town for a while? Because I'd really like that. I would, too. Oh, hello. I don't believe we've met. Hi, I'm Mac. I'm, uh, new in town. Hmm. You're different than everyone else around here. I like that. Maybe I can give you a tour sometime. <coughs> That's disgusting. You should go see a doctor. I'm fine, thanks. Speaking of which, maybe you should get back to the hospital to, you know, see your husband. Oh, yes. I forgot about him. You forgot about your husband? Wow, what a lucky fellow. Oh, please. We were just going to the store. Oh, um, I just came from the art dealer. Yeah, we see that. You're still standing outside the door. Well, I think that the art dealer is quite smitten with me. He's blind. A blind art dealer? He gave me this pendant and said that I was his immolation. What? He said that I was his immolation. Okay, so I don't think you know what that means. It means that he wants to keep me all to himself. I'm his muse. Yeah. Immolation means that he wants to burn you at the stake. Are you a witch? 
Because if you are, we could talk shopping. Stop mocking me, you stupid child. <laughs> We're the same age. Well, you're acting quite juvenile. It's obvious that you're jealous of me. No, I'm serious. We were in the same class together. You're just jealous that strange men shower me with gifts while you just need a shower. I used to sit behind you in homeroom and algebra and literature. And we were on the track team together. You're a silly, silly child. This one time, I cut off one of her pigtails and blamed it on the redhead boy that she had a crush on. What? <clears throat> I apologize for that now. You blamed poor Charlie? What did he ever do to you? I blamed him for years. I told my parents what he did. I lost the beauty pageant that year. The prize money was supposed to help pave my father's triple bypass. Yeah, sorry about that. My father died. My brother was so distraught, he kidnapped Charlie, and they both disappeared into the desert, never to be heard from again. There's a desert? I remember that. Three people left that year. That must have been the same year the Jeffersons moved into town. You're a horrible, horrible person. It was just hair. <sighs> Don't hold a grudge over it. Your hair grew back, and look how beautiful it is now. You will pay, Joanna Summerby. Just you wait and see. Ooh, I'm shaking in my boots. What are you going to do? Host another one of your boring galas? Oh no, I might get bored to death. Ugh. Oh, that wasn't very nice. Neither was she. It's okay, though. Karma already got me back. Oh? I got kidnapped by the Brotherhood of the Yellow Sign the next year. Are they a street gang or something? I guess you could say that. They're this cult that lives out in the Olympic National Forest. They pray to things and worship stuff and throw virgins into volcanoes. You know, regular cult things. Oh, did I say gang earlier? Because I meant cult. How did you get away? One of the members must have taken a liking to me because he helped me escape. Of course, I don't know who he is, so I don't know how to thank him. Maybe I can write the cult a letter. Mmm, the Brotherhood of the Yellow Cult. Attention, the man who helped me escape. That's probably not a good idea. No, I suppose not. Is that Roger the census guy? What's he doing on the podium in the middle of town square? I hope he's not going to announce something stupid. The last time someone announced something from that podium, it was because someone opened an airport diner on the corner of Elm and First. But there is no airport. I know. That airport diner had the best fish and chips I've ever had. I miss that place. They even had the themed events. It's too bad that it burnt down when they had the What Will Roger Eat Day? And someone tried to flambe that mutant stingray from the Fish and Wildlife Office. Of course, now the Fish and Wildlife Office has their own diner. Don't try their catfish. It's not really catfish. But if you do, wash out your mouth with all-new Cthulhu mouthwash. Comes in an array of flavors. Orange, cherry, almond roca, onion rings, and my personal favorite, absinthe. Good night from Poplar Cove, population 10,002, I think. Poplar Cove is written by Jocelyn DeVore and features Jacob DeVore as Mac, Raylan Lavoie as Elizabeth, Morgan Lavoie as Hobart, Guy Fulton as Spalding, Katie Fulton as the narrator, Bill Fulton as the mayor, Lee Gundy as Pickering, William Nelson as Roger, Riley Talent as Joanna, with additional voices by Devin Steele, Ed Sinkovich, and Senora Jackson Diaz, with Fyodor Dogstoyevsky as the production assistant. All of the music in today's episode was composed by Kevin McLeod and is available under the Creative Commons license at incompetech.com. More detailed credits found in the show notes.